It's Friday, it's the end of a long week, and it is the Sports Pen here on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you, glad to have you along as always. Ryan Steig of the Mining Journal joins me per usual Friday afternoons, also the beat writer for Northern Michigan Men's Hockey. What's up, Ryan? Not bad. Uh, it's kind of, is it, is it warm or is it? It is the, humid. It's humid, but there's a big breeze off the lake. 30 mile an hour winds today. Yeah, so it's like if you're down by the lake, it sometimes balances out a little bit. Uh, it didn't for me. Really? I was sweating. Okay. Like, the walk over here, like from where I was parked, thanks to the Blueberry Festival, <laughs> um, I, I mean, it, it was a humid walk. But then, like, as soon as you get to the lake, it just, like, hits you. And, right. Uh, it it, it kind of it kinda helps. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's Friday. So, I, you know, the mood is usually pretty better on Friday. Blueberry Festival right down the street. A lot to be explored, I guess, out there. I'll see it again on the way out of here. You can hear the music here from the office. But that's going on this weekend. There's Art on the Rocks, I think, yeah, that's tomorrow. I think that's coming up, too. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be a lot coming up here in the next couple of weeks or so. Marquette's a place to be. Marquette has a lot of festivals during the summer, and uh, a lot of them are like in July and August. Mm. I I don't know if June, because winter lasts longer, (laughs) if they like push them all back. uh, And then there's more in September and October, so this is pretty much huge blitz of festivals um started today and uh i'm not sure when it ends but uh <laughs> if you want if you're a festival loving person you'll be happy we're to the point where there are festivals almost every weekend school supplies are on sale and high school football is right around the corner we're gonna be turning our attention to that here real quick yeah it uh well we're at the journal we'll start cranking out those uh football previews um i'm not sure when the first one's going to come out yet but uh you know we'll be doing uh once football practice officially starts we'll be starting to talk to coaches and players and get something going there a shameless plug our high school football coaches show the first edition of it will come out on august 10th we will post the schedule here shortly you can hear from all five high school football coaches in marquette county plus we're going to have northern previews coming out i had cal nystrom on the show earlier this week mike Lozier's coming on next week we'll get to know some of the wildcat teams yeah i mean uh, it should be an interesting year uh with uh, enemy football uh you're wondering if you're going to take that next step uh they Got, they're progressing each year. We'll see what they do this year, and then, uh, you know, and then you got the rest of the fall sports teams, and uh, they're always interesting because they're kind of forgotten. But uh, there's always a, some talented recruits and some talented upperclassmen on all of them. So, I'm I get excited when I do team previews, and uh, probably a good chunk of them will be coming out next week. So, well, I tell you what, football camp has started for the National Football League. It's a good place to start. Almost everybody is there, and I want to give you, as well as myself, a pat on the back, and many of our listeners, too, because we all did something that several of the richest men in this country didn't do today, and that's go to work. Ezekiel Elliott did not show up for work. Michael Thomas didn't show up for work. Trent Williams, several NFL players that are still holding out for a new contract. So open the bottle tonight. Celebrate a little bit. You earned it. We went in and earned that paycheck today. That is very true. I... (laughs) Holdouts are always interesting because you can make the argument that, you know, they get paid millions of dollars. But at the same time, if you're, you know, piling up great stats and uh, your team is not treating you with the amount of respect that they should be treating you, um, which happens a lot more often than it should because um, owners in the NFL are remarkably greedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so I can see it from both sides. Um, we'll see if they get resolved. Um 
I, I wouldn't imagine they're going to get resolved real quickly, though. It's probably going to drag on quite a bit. Ezekiel Elliott might be the biggest situation attack when we know they have the money to be able to pay him. The question is, will they? Because they won't have the money to pay him Dak and Amari Cooper, all what they want. Plus, a lot of those young defensive guys are going to be up for new contracts shortly. Jalen Smith being one. Drop your phone. Yeah, drop the phone. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Jalen Smith being one. Leighton Vander Esch another. A lot of those young guys are going to want new contracts, and Dallas won't be able to pay everybody. I. It's. How much is Dak Prescott really worth? I mean, his, his right. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, he's certainly not the most talented quarterback in the NFL. If I had to rank him. His ceiling for me is like 15th best in the NFL right now. But the quarterback is such a unique position. You need somebody to be good in that spot. And you can go through years without an NFL-ready quarterback. And Dak has shown that if you put good enough pieces around him, you can win. But the thing is, one of those pieces is Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I don't think people are taking into account how good he makes Dak Prescott look and how bad Dak could look with Zeke's Haskins. Yeah, but, um that completely falls apart if uh, Elliott's not in the field because he has—he's the main weapon of their offense, and I don't know. I—it kind of reminds me—he's a lesser version of Tony Romo because mm. you know Tony Romo was a decent quarterback, probably maybe in the top ten for when he played. I would say lower half. Maybe At some point, 10. he yeah, might have yeah. been. Yeah, and but he was Dallas's only option, so they kept throwing more and money off it throwing more and more money at him, and there was never progression. Like, they would give all the money to Romo, but they wouldn't really develop the rest of the team. So it's like, here are all the pressures on you, but we're not going to help you in any way. And do we think there's another step for Dak to be taking in the NFL? I I don't see it, because usually if you're going to take that next step, it usually happens within your first three years. Like, you could have a subpar rookie season, but if you show some progress in the second year, there you know you can start to build on that. But I don't really see it. I, I see Dak eventually becoming a backup mm. rather than an actual starter. I think he's going to be a serviceable backup, but I I don't see him being the guy who's going to lead. Not definitely not the Cowboys, but another team to the Super Bowl. He just doesn't have it. Honestly, I think if there's anybody the Cowboys can afford not to pay. It's probably Dak. Because you think about it, we mentioned the presence of Ezekiel Elliott being a big X factor. That contributes a ton to Dak's success. Without Ezekiel Elliott, he certainly would take a hit. Even with Ezekiel Elliott, before Amari Cooper, everyone was thinking maybe Dak is done. You put Cooper out there, and Dak suddenly comes back to life. It looks like he's 2016 Dak. You put together a capable offensive line again, and Dak looks a lot better. But you put together those defensive pieces, and the Cowboys suddenly aren't just a good offensive team, but now they're a team that could contend for a postseason berth. You've got to have all those pieces there, though, to make Dak look good. Yeah, and isn't Jason Witten attempting a comeback this yep. year? <laughs> so... Cowboy team isn't even going to make the playoffs. No, no. They, uh, I think Philadelphia's got it pretty locked up. I do, too. Um, but, well, Dallas gives you, like, a glimmer of, I wouldn't say hope because I don't like Dallas, but, mm-hmm. like, for Cowboys fans, like, maybe something's happening. Right. I mean, there was that one game where you can make the argument that uh, <laughs> he caught the ball, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, but he, you know, that was – kind of fell apart after that, and then you go to, you know, three years ago, I think, yeah, 
at about then where, you know, the Packers went in to <laughs> Dallas and ended up winning the game yep. when Dallas was actually favored. So Last second field goal yeah. by Mason Crosby. Who has really become a more hit and miss kind yeah. of kind of kicker these days? But that's another story. I, I just don't. Dallas is just as long as Jerry Jones is the owner, I don't think Dallas will reach its potential. I just don't. I tell you what, I believe that there's only one team in the NFC who will repeat as divisional champs this year. I think there's going to be a lot of turnover in the playoff picture. I think Philadelphia is about the only one that's a lock. I think. The, the North is really up, up for grabs. I think it's going to be either the Bears or the Vikings who gets it. I I just don't think the Packers. You'll read my column in a couple of weeks right. about them. But uh, I just don't think they improved enough to contend for the North this year. Maybe next year. I think they'll be in a better. Sh- they'll be in better shape. I, I agree with that. Yeah. So, but I don't think it's going to be this year. And the Lions are going to be decent, but they're in a division. Right. That they're just. A step behind, and then the West. Is the West there, is interesting. Yeah, it's it's a very like that's the division I'm most confident in my champion pick. Yep, yep. I think Seattle is going to take over that division this year. I think it is too, but they're not going to be what they used to be. I think you know they're not the Legion of Boom anymore. No, they're uh, they're like uh, Russell Wilson and whatever he has to get, <laughs> whatever he has to deal with, but. You know, I think the Saints are going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is that should have been their year last year. You take away that um, non-pass interference call. I think they're going to be okay. I think Philadelphia is up there, and I think Bears Vikings. It depends on, but I I think those are the ones. Right I'm going now. with Minnesota. I think Minnesota is going to be the most improved team in the NFC this year. I really do. I, I think, think Chicago will make the playoff as a wild card, and I think LA is still going to get back to the postseason. I think, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know why I'm forgetting about the Rams. They made the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> <laughs> but I, they lose a lot from that offensive line, and defensively they've got a few holes. Seattle's gotten better this offseason, mm-hmm. and LA's taken a small step back. I see the Seahawks right now as my favorite out of any of the division winners, but if New Orleans is able to lock up Michael Thomas, they'll become the solid pick for me. Well, Kirk Cousins take that step this year. He got paid a bunch of money last year and was good, but not worth the contract that he got. I think he will be better because of the new offensive system. Okay, Not having John DiFilippo there I think is going to help a lot. And I think that defense is going to take a big step forward because Mike Zimmer finally has an offensive coordinator who's going to work with him, and they're on the same page. That's what he had with Pat Shermer a couple of years ago, and the Vikings had an outstanding defense. I think they'll get back to that this season. I, I, I'm hoping he does because you know, the Vikings came so close to making the Super Bowl, and I was hoping that last year that it would actually happen, mm-hmm. and it didn't. And instead, the Bears of all teams ended up winning the division. So... We'll see. I, I feel like they're going to end up winning it in the Bears in the wild card. I agree with you there. It's just I wonder how far they're going to go. The other team that might just be on the outside looking in, maybe the biggest sleeper I have in the NFC this year, honorable mention to the 49ers. I think they'll be better, but I don't think they're quite there yet. I think the Falcons could surprise a lot of people this year. Atlanta, I feel like, had their glimmer of hope a couple of years. To win a Super Bowl, yeah, yes, they, but yes. I think they'll be better I, this year. I, I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't know about yeah, I think they're one chance to win a Super Bowl. Should have happened a couple of years ago, but it didn't. If they'd have ran the ball and gained maybe one more yard on third and one in that third quarter? I want to 
I want to wonder what made San Francisco go after Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. and say, this guy basically had the Super Bowl locked up if he just <laughs> ran the ball in the second half. But, and that was what's working for them. They ran the ball so effectively in the first half. Why wouldn't you keep doing it? Mm-hmm. It's For some reason, coaches do that. What is really going well? And then I'm going to change it up thinking that I need to surprise them. It's bizarre. He beat Carroll himself. Yep, pretty much. Overthought it. And this is a big year for Kyle Shanahan. This is almost a make-or-break year not only for him, but for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't think a lot of people have playoff expectations for San Fran this year, but there has to be a step forward for them. Yeah, it. Uh, well, Jimmy got injured. So right. It's like, but, uh, but the thing is, they need him on the field, and they yeah. need him to be a guy that can be good for them, not just has a lot of potential if he can stay healthy. Like, he finally needs to produce for them. Because he was supposed to be that guy. He was Tom Brady's backup, mm. <laughs> you know, and, you know, the heir apparent in the Patriots, and Tom got upset and forced him out of town. There's another reason to not like him. <laughs> but he just, I think he needs to emerge this year because. San Francisco, if they're going to contend and get back on track, it's probably this year, and I just I don't see it happening for them. Maybe next year they'll have a better shot, but not now. Speaking of the Patriots, before we go to break, how about this? Danny Etling, the former LSU quarterback, is taking reps at wide receiver. In training camp, they're trying to use the Julian Edelman model. He was a quarterback at Kent State, and they converted him to a wide receiver. Can they do it again? I mean, if there's any team that can do that, New England shown it to be them, so Danny Etling in his second year is now trying out at wide receiver. Maybe. Maybe. I don't I don't know. It's always a toss up with them. They'll either experiment and have it go meh or it'll end up being like Edelman and emerge as a huge target. At so. some point they aren't gonna be able to pull these off anymore, right? I mean at some point their luck has to run out. Or even if it's not luck, I mean Sean Payton did that with Taysom Hill and Bill Belichick did that with Edelman. And those are arguably the two greatest conversions to receiver in the game right now. So maybe it's just Belichick being that good. But at some point, even a good coach has got to run out of hitting a strike every single time. I think it eventually will once Tom retires. That yeah. I think he's the biggest piece. And if he goes, then everything's going to fall apart for New England. Because they base so much on him. And you can make the argument that would he be as good if he wasn't at New England? I love that argument because I'm firmly <laughs> in that corner. But, I don't know. I, I think their luck will finally run out when he retires. A couple other points I want to get to on football before we hit the break and switch to baseball. Alan Hearns, former Cowboys wide receiver, signs a one-year deal with Miami. Great move for both him and for the Dolphins. They give a versatile young receiver, a young quarterback, a guy who throws the ball a lot more than Dak. I think it's a good move for all parties. I think so, too. Um, well, isn't Miami? Will some team eventually compete with New England in that division? Because it seems like there's a team that might get there. Remember there was that brief year where the Bills were good <laughs> <laughs> and then that went out the window and well, then they made the playoffs yeah and then there was you know Miami's been flirting with the idea of being a contender and but, then about 10 years ago under Chad Pennington people thought the Jets were turning the corner yep, yep. Eric Mangini was the head coach and like two years before he got fired they were calling him Eric Manginius 
and then Mark Sanchez was the guy briefly. <laughs> Remember that? He's our newest colleague here at ESPN. Yeah. It's interesting how athletes just kind of fall into a broadcasting role. <laughs> it's it's really bizarre. You know, it's they'll take away a good broadcaster and be like, here, this guy was semi-decent in the pros. <laughs> I bet he can be better. And it's rare that it actually is better. And we're still like a, less than two months away from the start of the season, and we still don't have a color guy for Monday Night Football. How's that? Is Isn't that going to be weird? Mark Sanchez? Maybe if he impresses people in his first couple broadcasts. but uh, I mean, we need to be getting the spot filled, but I mean, camp's already started. Preseason's right around the corner. And the Hall of Fame game's coming up. Yes. Well, hopefully they'll be able to have the turf ready in time. There's a side note. Uh, the New York Giants are starting to lose depth at the wide receiver position. Corey Coleman tore his ACL earlier today. Sterling Shepard is listed week to week with a broken thumb. Man, Golden Tate is going to be Eli's best friend when it's all said and done. I mean, how Pretty big much. does that signing look now? That's he's their only weapon no. really at this point. Um, Him and Saquon. Yeah, so I. It's going to look really good, but the Giants are a mess everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it turns out in that old line. Oh yeah, he's. I feel like Eli's on his last legs. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked him, but it's just like the Giants have really messed him up like Mm -hmm. he he had a good i think couple years left in him and they've just completely fell apart right as a result he's starting to fall down like there was a chance when they brought in who was it they brought in brandon marshall a few years ago and people were thinking this could be eli's last super bowl run he had some really good quarterback years they made the playoffs against the packers a couple of years ago and got beat and now he's down to being a serviceable quarterback. Not really a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, but he's still serviceable mm-hmm. if you build around him. And right now there's just not a lot around him. No, there, uh, there's not really anything around him. And uh, and, and even their defense isn't that great either. No. So, I've, And didn't they try to run him out of town last year? Yep. And uh, then there was a big uproar over it, and rightly so. And I... I feel like they're really messing him up. It's it's like how the Packers are wasting Aaron Rodgers' career. Mm-hmm. You can say the Giants are pretty much doing the same thing. Last thing on the NFL. This is a really cool story. Baltimore Ravens defensive tackle Michael Pierce. Last month he was at minicamp, and he was sent home for being overweight. He was in poor condition. They said, you're a liability to us. They sent him home. Five weeks later, he shows up at training camp. He shed over 20 pounds in five weeks. Really good for him. I was wondering what he did. Yeah. Well, he went on a special diet. The team chef was working with him, and he made it work. I mean, when you got to get – that's what you want if you're a coach, a guy who's going to sacrifice like that and make that kind of commitment. So good for Michael Pierce. The weird thing about that that I've always wondered with training camp is how you can be out of shape when you're going into camp because mm-hmm. you know what's going to be expected of you, and then you show up, like, way overweight. It's like, did you not – like get the memo that you need to be in top condition to play in the NFL. It's just, I mean, you you can only get away with being big so much. I mean, B.J. Raji, remember mm. how overweight he was? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he got by briefly for being decent at his position, but he wasn't really the threat that he was thinking of because you could outrun him really easily. Well, I tell you what, let's take our first time out when we come back. The highest-selling NFL jerseys heading into camp. Plus, we're going to switch over to baseball and some hockey news that flew under the radar this week. Next on ESPN-UP.
Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Now we said we were going to move on from the NFL, but we can't because we had some late-breaking news a couple of minutes ago regarding a former Packer. Yeah, the uh, Mike Daniels looks like he could be finalizing a deal with the Lions. What a signing for them. Yeah, wow. and uh, boy, that defensive front could be really, really good this year. They could, the yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're talking maybe as good as a couple of years ago when Sue and uh, I was on the team. I think uh, they could be a force this year, a good pass rushing team, and uh makes the Packers look really bad. Yeah, it does. Like Daniels. I mean, was it worth saving $8 million or whatever you had? Well, technically how massive their profits were down last <laughs> year. But, uh, no, I think that was really dumb. Well, I tell you what, I've got in front of me the list of the top 10 NFL jersey sales as we get set for training camp. These numbers are from March 1st until May 31st. Any idea who's the number one jersey seller this year? Mahomes. It was not Mahomes. He was number six on the list. That's kind of surprising. Weird. He was that low, yeah. Let's go through the top 10. (laughs) Number 10, Saquon Barkley. I've got one of those. Number you nine, I do have okay. I do okay. have a Saquon Barkley jersey. Okay. It was actually a Christmas present, though, so I don't think it factors into these sales. <laughs> okay. Uh, number nine, Ezekiel Elliott. Number eight, Antonio Brown. Number seven, Aaron Rodgers. Number six, Patrick Mahomes. Number five, Baker Mayfield. Number four, Sam Darnold. How about that? What? Yeah. <laughs> Who buys a Sam Darnold jersey? It's like buying a old Browns jersey, that, you know, <laughs> or who buys a Maker, Baker Mayfield jersey? He had one decent year. I mean, two Browns in the top five on the highest jersey sale list. When do you think was the last time that happened? So anyway, we're down to the top maybe three. back in the Bernie Kosar days. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Brown, Otto Graham. Uh, the top three. Number three was Khalil Mack. Number two, Odell Beckham Jr. And the number one highest selling NFL jersey. Tom Brady. People still don't have enough Tom Brady jerseys. He's been in the league for how long now? Almost 20 years. You would think if the sales are coming out of New England, like mm-hmm. everybody would have had a Tom Brady jersey at this point, but apparently not. Like, after he won his third ring, isn't that when about everybody had one? Everybody who was going to have one did? How is he always up there as far as jersey sales? Uh, I don't know. Is it rigged? The do you page, need, did like, the, five the, 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 the Patriots jersey? cheat all the time? Are they cheating in the jersey <laughs> ratings, too? But the Browns, I mean, come on. Two in the top five. I know, that? again. Come on. And you know what's funny? The Browns are getting new jerseys next year. Why? <laughs> exactly. Like, I've actually got something coming they, up on that. Didn't they, like, just do it, like, in a couple years? In 2015. Yeah, so, I mean, I just don't. Jersey changes are not going to change your fortunes. They're not. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steak with you here in the sports pen. We'll get to some baseball, but first a hockey story that's been flying under everybody's radar. Earlier this week, it was announced that the Calgary Flames are getting a new stadium. They've been in the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, great name, every year since 1983. And there was talk the Flames could be leaving Calgary. It was an off chance, but there was still a chance if they couldn't come to a negotiation with the city because the city wanted them to pay for it. They wanted the city to pay for it. They have decided to split the cost 50-50. It will be $550 million, but Calgary is going to get a new NHL stadium. That's really flown under everybody's radar this week. Well, I, I feel like with the NFL training camps and <laughs> That's uh, what everyone the heart of baseball about. season, yeah, it, uh, NFL, it's like, 
sorry, NHL, once the draft is over, really kind of people tend to forget about it until mm-hmm. the start of the hockey season. So, I mean, that's a big deal. Um, the Saddle Dome is actually a very nice arena. It's loud, people say, with the sea of red, mm-hmm. it's, uh, especially come playoff time. But it is getting old. It's built in the early 80s, you know. The Joe Louis Arena was built <laughs> and came to be in 79. So it's getting to that point. Maybe it's time for a new arena. And wasn't there, like, some flooding issues a couple of years ago? Might have been. Yeah. Didn't, like, Calgary go through, like, some really bad flooding and the Saddle Dome mm-hmm. started to get flooded, too? And maybe that was the sign that yeah. perhaps they needed to move it up. And then, of course, I it's good for Calgary. And then, of course, the Alaska mess. That's going on too, and the news continues to get worse for them. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> the legislature wasn't able to do anything with it, so now every athlete, basically at the Alaska campuses, are in limbo. They're worried, or where do they go now? Especially if they start canceling seasons this mm-hmm. year, you were banking on that. What do you do at this point? And now the seems the consensus is that maybe Alaska. Both Alaska schools dump their hockey seasons. I thought they'd at least finish out the years since they already established it. Mm-hmm. But now, with the lack of movement, both Alaska, the University of Alaska system declared a financial emergency. Mm-hmm. I never thought that would happen for big universities, but that's what happened. So. So, and the worst part of it for the student athletes is that they would still have to sit out a year if they were to transfer somewhere else. Like, they don't get immediate eligibility if they go elsewhere. Yeah, you think, like, with a massive school failure, they would, you know, get a pass. And who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. they will. You know, I'm maybe hoping the, the NCAA maybe allows Maybe the NCAA them. will have common sense and be like, well, a bunch of athletes kind of get screwed over. <laughs> I mean, it's like, maybe we should let them slide. We can make an this. exception. Yeah, you know... You know, tweak some things slightly for one season, you know. Well, I tell you what, baseball, before we hit the break, I tell you what, I thought the Yankees were far and away the AL favorite. I still think they are. But last night they got pounded into the ground by their arch rival, the Red Sox. 19-3 to winners over the Yankees last night. Their 19 runs and 14 extra base hits were both records all time against the Yankees, who they've been playing for over 100 years. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago when Cleveland beat them twenty-two to nothing. That was like the highlight of my week back then. Uh, you know, I thought you know the Yankees are the favorite. I thought maybe in the AL in general, like you did, but mm-hmm. uh, they're not as secure as you know you'd expect them to be. Mm-hmm. Boston's starting to fight back. Tampa's still somewhat in the mix, yep. so it's I don't know. It's they're really not secure. Uh, the Twins are kind of up and down right now they're up and down uh, but, but you know. uh nelson cruz at the big night last oh, night. man i refuse to believe even though i know it's factual that was his first ever three home run game it's really how's weird. that possible i mean it's the boomstick yeah and at his age too he's yeah. still swinging it real well yeah, uh, 40 years old can't save it can't uh, catch a fly ball but he can hit <laughs> <laughs> hit the ball a ton into the stands so yeah i would uh I'm really impressed with them at that age. Yeah, the Twins won 10-3 last night against the White Sox. They weren't afraid of Lucas Giolito. They hit five home runs in that game. It's the ninth time that they've done it, which sets a new major league record, breaking a tie with the 1977 Boston Red Sox. How about that? 1917. 77. Oh, 77. Well, 
in a way. <laughs> it was that it was really a long time ago. So yeah, um, seventy seven wasn't that like the heyday? Seventy five. Se- they had some good teams back then. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. Well, I tell you what. Last thing on baseball before we go to break, a trade today and what's otherwise been kind of a boring trade deadline period. Hopefully we get that to heat up a little bit next week. Yeah. But the San Francisco Giants are dealing Derek Holland to the Cubs. But that, Holland, we'll see if he still has some left in the tank. The Cubs love to wheel and deal lately. Yes, they do. So uh, I'm no surprise there. But the surprise is that how little is Mm. going on. I mean, Uh the deadline is coming up next week. You would think that there'd be a little more action, or maybe teams are really waiting as close as they can get and try to work out some deals. Well, what the Mets were saying earlier today is they really, really want Noah Syndergaard off the books. They want to get rid of him, and the Twins have been talking to them, but the negotiations are starting to break down because the Mets need a deal. They say they need a deal. That includes Royce Lewis, who was the number one overall pick back in 2016, and Alex Kirloff, who are the top two minor league prospects for the Twins. Now, you get Syndergaard... And you keep control of him until 2021. I don't know. It's uh, uh-huh. Do you gamble with that? Um, Man, that's risky. Yeah, I think it's kind of a risk for the Twins to go the route. I think their bullpen needs help. More that, than the, yes. <laughs> Perhaps they should be working on that. Um, but do you think Nick Castellanos leaves? Is he going to get dealt by the deadline? I think they want him to. He wants to leave? He, he like, wants out of there. Detroit doesn't want him, but who wants to pay him what they're paying him? It's a weird situation. Mm-hmm. He wants to leave. Detroit wants him to leave, but nobody wants him. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's it's like Mark Melanson in San Francisco yeah, too. It's a it's a strange situation. Every he <laughs> leaving Detroit, everybody wants it, but nobody wants him to come to their place, which is a little weird because he's a good player no. <laughs> so you would have thought somebody might throw some money at him well i tell you what baseball on espn up this weekend tomorrow the yankees and the red sox series continues at fenway three thirty eastern our coverage begins john shambi and chris singleton have the call and then sunday night baseball can be heard here on espn up as well six o'clock first pitch yankees and red sox let's take a time out when we come back what he looks like followed by the friday funnies next on espn up Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you in The Sports Pen Friday afternoon. Glad to have you along as always. Here is your Sports Center update. J.J. Redick has joined the club and he's told Team USA he will not participate in next month's World Cup of Basketball. The list of players who've said no is longer than the pool that they have put together right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's isn't the World Cup like the forgotten basketball tournament? Yep. Yeah, they care about the Olympics. That's coming up next year in yeah, Tokyo. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. And the World Championships, maybe, maybe, but no, nope. it's like that's about it. I I look for a long time. I didn't even know the World Cup existed for basketball. <laughs> so there you I go. I love international tournaments, no matter what sport it is. Unfortunately, the U.S. is going to be sending like their C minus team at this point. Oh well. Ben Simmons isn't playing for Australia either. So nobody wants to play anywhere. Giannis might play for Greece. Maybe. Still up in the air. Greece is one player. Greece is one player. I don't know who they're going to put around him, but but, Giannis is two brothers, and mm -hmm. I don't even know if there are any other players in Greece. Get some guy off the street. Hey, (laughs) just just be there on the wing. (laughs) 
The Cleveland Browns have announced that they will introduce new uniforms next season. We mentioned that briefly earlier. However, the helmet design will remain unchanged. But that still no logo in the helmet. You'd think after this point that would be the thing that they would change <laughs> instead of the uniforms because I know they're all about tradition and keeping that alive, but come on. It's boring. It's blah. It's like... You just got new uniforms five years ago. Didn't they have like an elf mascot like back in the day? Like, yep. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like throw that in the... Kind of reminds me of the one Houghton has right now. Yeah. A little bit. Throw that on there. Or like they emphasize the dog right. so much. Like mm-hmm. throw the dog on there. And finally, last night the Orioles beat the Angels 10 to 8 in 16 innings. Baltimore outfielder Stevie Wilkerson became the first position player in Major League history to record a save since the stat was introduced in 1969. I could believe that. And he uh, threw a bunch of like slow balls yes. into air time to be Nothing able to get really it. really got more than 65 miles an hour. It was here's my favorite part of this stat. It was his third appearance in the month of July alone as a pitcher. He's an outfielder who's made three appearances on the mound this month alone, and he has a 2.25 ERA, which is lower than any of the other eight pitchers that pitch prior to him coming in. Do you, like, completely switch positions and just <laughs> put him in uh, either the rotation or in the bullpen at this Might point? Might as well. He's one of the few bright spots for mm-hmm. Baltimore this year, which is sad because I, I love the Orioles growing yeah. up. But, uh, well, you know, that's a fun story, though. He's a... Uh, how, how rare is it that a position player to get a save? Yeah, no kidding. Could go around and maybe put him on the market as a pitcher. Yeah, there you go. By the way, with their win last night and the Tigers' loss, Baltimore is no longer the worst team in Major League Baseball record-wise. How about that? Season just needs to end for the Tigers. <laughs> it just needs to come. Hey, the Twins went through that a few years ago. Yes, they did. And they've come out better for it. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, What He Looks Like is a game they play on the Levitard Show every Friday with Tim Kirkjian. We play it Fridays with Ryan Stieg here on the Sports Pen. I got a little over 10 pitchers here up here. We'll get okay. to over the course of the next segment. And we start with Kyle Orton. I was going to say, it looks like Kyle Orton. A pretty malleable guy that you can work with. There are a few different places where you could go with it. But how about this one? Does Kyle Orton look like he has a loose, unracked set of barbells in his basement, which he calls his dojo? I can see that. Yeah. He also looks like the guy who uh, wants to make an MMA <laughs> birth, you know, like a, become an MMA star but doesn't have the ability to do it. Does Steve Ballmer look like the high school principal in an 80s movie who's obsessed with catching the mischievous main character in the act of doing something worthy of expulsion but always ends up being outsmarted and humiliated? I think he looks more like the guy who tries to blend in with the students be like the cool principal you know like who's nowhere near cool but like you know maybe tries to develop some slang and try to interact with them but that's kind of how he was as an nba owner this week yeah yeah fits him pretty well Mm -hmm. i like that uh i tell you what is that a walgreens logo in the background (laughs) first of all does trey wingo look like a statue in the center of a public park who comes to life every night when the sun goes down I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, how about this? I I reached out to ABC10, and we had a little fun with this. Does John Michael Hoefling of ABC10 look like a young Trey Wingo? Very much so. Very much so. Like, I was shocked when I saw this. We've got their two pitchers side-by-side here in the monitor. If you don't know John Michael Hoefling, sports guy at ABC10, co-host with me every Wednesday here in the sports pen, Pull up a picture of him next to Trey Wingo. I mean, it's scary. You know, the face map, the aging thing? Yes. 
That fits. Without a doubt. That looks perfect. <laughs> I texted him that picture when I first put it together, and he said it was like the greatest compliment he's ever gotten professionally. Well, there you go. And I was like, I'm, I'm glad I could make yeah, your day. Yeah, make his day. So I decided to keep going a little bit further with it. Does Sarah Spain look like Rachel Zerby? Oh, boy. Look at that. Very, Former very sports similar. director at ABC10, very. and then Sarah's on from 6 to 9 here on ESPN Radio. Very, very How similar. How about that? Yeah. And Sarah's very opinionated, and so is Rachel. It falls in really well. <laughs> it, it, it's scary. We've got their pictures side-by-side side here in the monitor, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a resemblance there. So I tell you what, continuing on, does Sam Presti look like your wife's friend's husband whom she forces you to let join your fantasy football league? Yeah, he yeah. looks like the guy who puts way too much time into his fantasy football league and considers him like an expert, <laughs> but his team usually ends up going like 8-8 eight and eight on the year. Does Ben McAdoo look like Jim Tom Sula's long-lost twin brother, Tim Tom Sula? Very, very much look so. Look at them! Yeah. They have the same mustache, same hair, slicked back, you can count the comb marks. I mean, Jim Tom Sula was probably the like the most likely everyman coach, <laughs> like the guy you'd have a drink with at the end of the bar who mm-hmm. happens to be an NFL head coach. And I would say Ben's a little more temperamental, but uh, I can see it. Yeah. So, but in the end, they both coach probably yeah, about the same. Yeah. Uh, continuing on, does Mina Kimes look like your girlfriend's best friend who hates your guts and is always trying to break you two up? And that photo, oh, so much. Doesn't so. she? Yeah, yeah. She looks like she is the best friend who just hates you <laughs> and just judges you all the time, hates your hates your clothes, hates how you act, your interests. Yeah, she's trying to break you up, without a doubt. Although she she's is actually one of the very, nicest people. She's actually a very nice person. And she's one of my favorite journalists yes. here at ESPN. I mean, she's so energetic and does a great job. So, no, she's not someone who probably hates anybody. No, no, but that shot just... <laughs> just <laughs> she just, looks just, like the sorority sister who just hates you. Yeah, very just much hates so. you. Does Brock Holt look like the guy your daughter brings home that you instantly hate, and by the end of the night, you're honestly not sure that he knows how to say anything other than sup and dude? Yeah, he, it's like your high school daughter. That's the college <laughs> boyfriend she uh, introduces. Like the, the We're the Millers No Ragorettes tattoo very, guy? Very, very much so, yeah. Uh, that's Brock Holt. Man, he had a little bit of a fiery eruption this yes, week with did. an umpire. Does John Daly look like a mashup of John Madden and Donald Trump? That might be the greatest description. I mean, look at the <laughs> look, at, look at, at the body the, figure and the hair. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's the hair. I mean, like he looks out of shape, just like Trump does. I mean, it's perfect. It really He's is. He's kind of got the body of Madden and the hair of Trump with a little bit of Madden's coloring. Very, in very much so. Yes, I get, John Daly is John Madden and Donald Trump combined. Yep. Lovey Smith with a beard, the newly found beard sported by the Illinois head football coach. Does Lovey Smith look like the Facebook friend request you get with a made-up looking name that has 15 letters, 12 of which are consonants, and has zero mutual friends? Yes. <laughs> he looks like the guy who's going to hack in the face of a guy whose the profile is hacking into your Facebook account. <laughs> Uh, I hope things work out for Lovey Smith He's at a Illinois. Good guy, but, uh, it's been I, a long time since he coached a good yeah. football team. Got a couple more here. Does Roy Williams look like the butler at a haunted mansion who appears without a sound when you walk in after the front door opens by itself? I think he looks like the butler who, uh, you know, 
like in one of those like rom coms or whatever, mm. like those children movies. Like I don't know. I'm trying to think of one. Like uh, I'm drawing a blank. But one of those like like one of those Katie Holmes movies. Okay. He's, the, he's the wise butler who inspires you and gives you good advice for your career. Yeah. It's easier to do a personable, a likable character for Roy Williams. You would be, I mean, you would be shocked to find how hard it is to come up with a picture of Roy Williams looking upset. Like, he's smiling in most of his pictures. Yeah, very much so. But he's got the appearance that if he was, like, had a sour demeanor, he could look like a scary butler in in a haunted hotel or a mansion or something like that. Last one. Does Bill Walton look like happy hour at Beef O'Brady's? Oh, very much so. Very like, much so. Or the guy who, uh, you know, hangs out at Applebee's, mm. you know, at the end of the bar and tries to make awkward conversations <laughs> with you about how life used to be. It looks like a tall version of Bill Parcells. <laughs> 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 I just looked at that. He really does. Uh, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stig with you. What he looks like is played on the Levitard show. We play it here on Friday afternoons with Ryan Steak. Here's a good one I kind of want to share with you. I don't have a picture or anything, but when we first played this, one of our listeners, Ryan Rakel, over in Ishpeming, oh, very much so, texted yeah. me uh, his own what he looks like, and I want to share this because I thought it was hilarious. Didn't he do that once already, do you? Or is this a more recent one? I can't remember if I told oh, you this one okay. or not. Maybe right, I told you off air. Yeah. Tanner Hoops looks like the guy wearing sandals walking up the beach with a floral shirt, collar up, wearing a seashell necklace, drinking a Keystone Light. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I can see it. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. I like that. I I can see it. Yeah. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funnies to finish off the week next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, check us out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore or Google Play. Just look up ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Just about 10 minutes. The clock is going to strike 5. and It'll be time for the weekend. And another day closer to vacation. Head back to Iowa yeah, for a few days, and that That's means you're going to be here earlier in the week. So yes, we get I will. So, Tuesday funnies, Monday, something like that? I don't know. Yeah, we'll get that I, we'll come up out, with but... a name better than that. But uh, <laughs> I guess to start off, Robertson Daniel of BYU plays for the uh, Calgary Stampeders in the CFL. Who, by the way, I swear, like must have flip-flopped his name because it should be Daniel Robertson, but it's Robertson <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Intercepted a pass in a game, and it's, it's a pretty typical thing you know Mm -hmm. nothing too special except he was wearing joker face paint like the heath ledger face paint during During the the game game. during the game if you look it up he had the heath ledger look with the joker face paint and that's what stood out i mean it's just a typical interception but when you got a guy who looks like the joker (laughs) playing it how's that legal i don't know but you start to wonder if like other people are going to start doing that I don't think they can in the NFL. Which is, I think the NFL would have a problem with uh, it. Yeah, which is sad, but maybe more CFL people. Get more That'd interest. That'd be fun. Get should, a little more interest in the CFL if that happened. I should tell Marcus Tucker he should be the next game. Absolutely well, should. by the way, he's in action tonight. Hamilton's playing. Yeah, tonight, yep, they're so. taking on Winnipeg tonight at home, 7 o'clock kick. <clears throat> yep, ESPN Plus, I yep. believe, is when it's on. So mm-hmm. there you go. Plug that. Um we talked about Steve, you know, Wilkerson, Wilkinson doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, the Pirate Broadcasters, did you see Again? that? 
were whining during a broadcast, and then Common Sense finally came in. For those who don't know, uh, the Pirates lost to the Cardinals 14-8. to mm. uh, They're just getting wrecked during the game. It's 11-4 to in the fourth inning. And one of the Cardinals' base runners decides to steal second mm. and third. The fans start booing. And the Cardinal and the Pirates broadcasters think they're booing the Cardinals for violating some unwritten rules, which again, the unwritten rules are baseball are awful. And they're just thinking the fans hate it, I hate it, all this stuff. And then a light bulb bulb clicks on and they're like, hmm. Maybe they're booing their home team <laughs> for being so oblivious that a guy is stealing second. I mean, it it was if you see the replays the pirates have no idea what's going no. on. Like he steals second, and they're like, "Oh, what just happened?" And then in the next pitch, he does it again, and they're like completely not paying attention at that point. And, Things are falling apart for them. Yeah, and so they were booing their team's lack of awareness rather than the unwritten rules. So how many times is that pirates broadcast crew going to get on the Friday funnies? You like? Um, well, they've been on there. I think this is the third time. Yeah. So I, you keep think it three going. More before yeah, the end of the I, year? I would think so. You know, if they keep getting all upset over very minor <laughs> things, I think they could make another appearance. I could maybe seven or eight. I mean, the way they're going, they? they complain at least once a week. That'll be a new record for the Friday parties. <laughs> I can't remember what the what the previous record was, but it would be a pretty good record. Um, let's see what else I got. Uh, did you see the El- uh, the Yellowstone incident? No. Where the little girl was tossed in the air by the buffalo. Mm. Well, that's sad. Mm. That's not funny. But was funny in its stupid way is that people got that close to a buffalo. You have a live bison sitting there, and you're within five or ten feet of it. They mm. recommend at Yellowstone to not get anywhere closer than twenty-five feet away from a live animal. And these people got so close to it that you could even try to pet it. And bison are notoriously temperamental. Mm -hmm. And the guy got irked with people getting closer and charged at him and flung, like, what was it, like a seven- or nine-year-old girl, like a good five feet into the air. And the worst part is that the parents ran away when this (laughs) happened. So they abandoned their kid to get tossed in the air by a bison. And it just, it's such a bad look, but it shows how dumb people are in national parks. And uh, next one, do you see that CMU was picked last in the MAC East and somehow managed to land a first place vote? Maxion. Yeah, I mean, how can you, how can everybody else think this team is going to finish last place, which does, makes a lot of sense because their offense was atrocious last year. Mm. And uh, under former NMU coach Chris Ostrowski. Yeah. So there you go. Um, But he... And then to give a, them a first place vote, what made you think that a team who went one and eleven last year is somehow going to win the match? Was this a media poll or a coach's poll? I think this is a media poll, but that's sad. Was this like the radio guy for CMU? Must have been the ultimate homer. Yeah, like Hawk Harrelson would never say that the White Sox would be last in the Central. He'd no. vote for them to win the World Series every year if he could. Maybe that's what this guy was doing. This guy must have Hawk Harrelson syndrome. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me, but uh, maybe a miracle happened, and uh, he'll be proven right. Go Chips! Fire up Chips! The last story I have, I can do a little longer on it because it's too funny. 
you saw Phil Kessel's apartment in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Not apartment. His house is on the market. He's asking for $2.1 million for it. And if you look at the interior, you can look it up on Realtor.com. There's some nice rooms, but there's other ones that are just really sad. And to start off, it's his home theater, which has one chair. Not like a row of chairs, one chair. So apparently Phil likes to be really, really alone when he's watching a movie. He likes movies. Doesn't like people talking. Four movie posters are also on the wall. Wedding Crashers, The Godfather, Rounders, and the Mariah Carey hit Glitter. Oh, my gosh. What a mix. Phil. <laughs> you me until that last one. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a bizarre combination of movies, but I guess those are his favorites. Wedding Crashers. I watched that last month. It's a good movie. Last month. Last month. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a good comedy. Good and the, Godfather, the Godfather's a classic. One of the greatest of all time, yeah. Rounders. I mean, if you're really into poker, it's Never a good movie. Never even heard of it. Um, I've seen it. It's an okay movie. If you're a big poker fan, it's probably like your Oscar caliber film if you only like poker. It's the mm. only way you can like the movie. And Glitter is awful. So I don't know <laughs> what he was thinking in getting that. Maybe he got it for free. You know, like, went out to, like, the mall, and they're like, hey, it's the premiere of Glitter. Would you like a poster? And he'd be like, okay, and they decide to put it on the wall. Then there's this home office who, he put the desk in the middle of the room, and it's a small desk, and there is no doubt that he never sat in that chair. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it looks like it was bolted to the ground, and the desk, like, I don't think there's anything on the desk. Mm -hmm. So... You have a home office that you never use. So there's sad number two for Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has a wine room. He has a wine room with nothing in it except for a few bottles of Baileys. Hmm. And this is a massive wine room. There's hmm. at least, I would say, three or four racks for wine. Hmm. And he filled one rack with one row with Baileys. <laughs> it's it's too funny there. So that's kind of sad. Kind of surprised he doesn't have a hot dog stand in there. Um, he has a room that has two mannequins wearing Olympic gear. Why? That are just in there. Like I, Olympic we, hockey gear? Yeah, it looks like Olympic hockey gear. Not like hockey. There's like the sweaters that they got for like opening ceremonies. That's he, what they're... He, he was part of that yeah, 2014 he, team. Yes. But that's what they're dressed as. Mm. They have that. Not jerseys, not that kind of memorabilia, the sweaters from the ceremony. So let's keep going with Phil. Starting to think he's a weird guy. Yeah, yeah. And then he has a, looks like a family room that has a bunch of recliners that just stare at the wall. There's like two <laughs> photos <laughs> on the wall, but there's not a TV there. There's not like a projector screen. It's just they're staring directly at a wall. <laughs> So it's like, what are you doing, Phil? And then his last thing is there's a room with a ping pong table and a pool table and a gigantic reflective w mirror right next to the ping pong table. So I don't know if he just likes watching himself play <laughs> ping pong, but like, and it's huge. It takes up the entire wall. It's not like there's like a stand up mirror. It's the entire length of the room. And so, after looking at everything in that house, 
it's just a bizarre home. I mean, the athletes have interesting their own takes on their house. You know, there's some weird stuff. But Phil's, I think, top them all because you're just like, did you ever bother living in this house? It's or, up on Realtor.com. Yeah, you can make your bid. $2.1 million. How about that? I, if you got the money and you want to live in Pittsburgh or just pretend that you live in Pittsburgh, <laughs> you know, go at it because it's available. You, know? you have the one-seat theater with one the posters up there. With a glitter poster. You have recliners pointed at a wall. Um, you got mannequins in one of the rooms. And Bailey's And Irish Bailey's trees. in the wine room. And, uh, you know, a wall-length wall, uh, mirror to watch yourself while you play ping pong. It's, it's the weirdest house I've seen on the market, formerly owned by an athlete. Good Northern Michigan connection there, too. His father, Phil Kessel Sr., former quarterback for the Wildcats. Yep. So Multi-sport family. And maybe his maybe his house growing up was just as weird. Is that <laughs> what he was going with? But that's, I mean, you miss Phil in Pittsburgh. He's oh, yeah. a fun guy. He's got a great, great personality. Player, great scorer. But that, this house is just bizarre. Oh, Phil was one of my very favorites. I was so sad to see him go, but from a realistic, objective standpoint, it probably was time. Yeah. I'm hoping that things go well for him in Arizona, though. Hopefully he can have just as weird of a house. Yes, even weirder. Yes. Raise the bar, Phil. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stig with you. We are out of time. What do you got coming out this week, Ryan? Any column coming out? Um, my column this week, I'm doing my uh, predictions for the Michigan and Michigan State football seasons. Mm. I think it, uh, Michigan State's going to be better this year. Um but they're going to ride their defense, and I think this is the year for Michigan. I think they win the Big Ten, and I think they make the college football playoffs. So there you go. What's their record? I think they get. I think they're going to go in to the CFP with one loss. I'm not sure what it's going to be. I think it's just going to be kind of a surprise. I wanted you know? to gauge your reaction. Is it October 26th with Notre Dame? I think that might be the one. They get a little surprise oh, there. Oh, I'm nervous. But uh, I think they're going to be fine. I think they win the Big Ten championship game. I think they beat Ohio State this year to mm. make everybody happy as a Wolverine fan. And I think they get into the playoff. Well, they won a national championship. That remains to be seen. I think that's the biggest question mark. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal with you once again. We are out of time. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy Blueberry Festival. Everything downtown Marquette has to offer. I'm back on Monday, 4 Eastern, 3 Central, in the Sports Pen. Until then, signing off.